Alrighty everyone, welcome back. This is Tavis Killian with Rare Petro bringing you another episode of Monday Madness on March 20th, 2023. The big news circulating at this point is the future of economic collapse. With the downfall of SVB and some less than desirable rumors in the financial sector, folks are getting worried and many fear bank runs are coming soon. While nothing about the future is set in stone, take comfort knowing that any news like this always prompts the doomsday bell ringers to crawl out of the cracks and take to the streets. You'll never know the future, but you can prep for it. Some of the best advice I can offer is that you should keep one ear to the tracks as plenty of folks offer information from both sides of the spectrum, an optimistic one and a pessimistic. As a matter of fact, the next episode of the Wacky World of Energy will discuss things like this, so go ahead and frack that follow button so you don't miss any of the important information Rare Petro dishes out. But why tease you with content when I can deliver it? Let's kick things off. Commodity prices are somehow defying all expectations and fighting all signs of inflation. Eggs may be nearly three times more expensive than they were one year ago. That's a real statistic, by the way. But energy is down 40% despite organizations and countries all over the world warning of potential energy shortage. Today, WTI bounces between $66 and $67 per barrel despite being as high as $75 last week and spending several hours above that $80 ceiling the week before. We were really fighting that, but things aren't adding up. I'm at a loss to look at a point in history where similar things have happened, but I can't quite nail it. At this moment in time, I'm still incredibly bullish on oil in the long term, we just might have to go through a period of hurt to get there. Remember the oil prices of 2020? We might have to spend a few months in that territory before the true tightness of energy commodities is realized despite builds domestically here in the United States. At that point, I believe there will be a mad dash for all hydrocarbons, even those dirty ones like coal and lignite. Brent isn't doing that much better. It maintains a $6 premium but exhibits the same pattern of movement. Natural gas has also been affected by the recent decline of WTI prices as it fell from 260 in MCF last Monday down to what seems to bottom out around 220 today. I can't imagine it will fall much lower than that, but we will just have to see what the near future has to offer. After all, I have been wildly wrong before. Next, of course, is the rig count. Surprisingly, we have some good news here. After four weeks of declining active rigs, we are now up 8 to a total of 754, which is 91 more rigs than we had this time last year. This is only the third build we have seen since the start of this year, and the largest by five. Because of that, I think we have good reasons to be happy, but this week is anomalous, especially when considering recent price actions, so these next few weeks will likely be very revealing. Basin by basin, we have seven new rigs in the Permian, five more in the Marcellus, and one more in the DJ Niobrara. The Eagleford lost two, and the Utica lost four, but otherwise we saw no change in other major basins. This puts Texas up five, New Mexico up three, and both Pennsylvania and West Virginia up two each. Ohio is down three, and Louisiana is down two. The Gulf of Mexico added two to its total as well. That's a lot of noise. Most of these new rigs will be targeting gas and will be drilled directionally. A busy rig count, but a very positive one as well. Our last statistics to sift through are all inventory-related, so we will be pulling content from Nick Fernhout's Thirsty Thursday periodical published last week. Always best enjoyed with his featured cocktail and fantastic graphs. Here's what he had to write. It's not like I expected there to suddenly be a few draws, but I hoped we would see at least a few more to add to the previous week. It looks like we're back 
to builds. This week's build is at 1.5 million barrels, according to the EIA, even though they had forecasted 1.2 million barrels in builds. The API reported a similar size build of 1.2 million barrels, however, forecasted a much smaller one at just about half a million barrels. Fears of regressing economies have been fueling build after build, not only here in the U.S., but in other major petroleum exporting countries as well. Lastly, however, those fears have been lessened as China, one of the largest consumers of petroleum products, has been recovering. The overwhelming crude oil inventory hasn't seemed to have a positive effect on gasoline prices. Perhaps if more of it could be refined, the price of gas would respond. There is still a disconnect between turning crude oil inventory into gasoline inventory. Gas is just slightly more expensive at three-tenths of a cent from last week. California is still the most expensive gas in the country, and Mississippi the least. Diesel dropped by five cents this week, and dissolute stock, primarily responsible for diesel price, has remained flat. Propane and propylene haven't done anything exciting in about a year. Thank you, Nick, for that great report. Now, we have to move on to our stories. Last week, we talked about how French employees at LNG terminals were striking in response to the raised retirement age. That seems to have inspired some folks in the UK to strike for their own improved working conditions and better pay. 1,400 offshore workers at five contractor companies have voted to initiate strikes to demand better pay and working conditions. This puts dozens of platforms at risk of going dark. These strikes will be affecting companies like BP, Shell, Total, CNRI, Enquest, Harbor Energy, and Ithaca Energy, according to a union statement. This isn't just a few roustabouts on a platform. This is coming from people who are working electrical, production, mechanical, deck crews, scaffolders, crane operators, pipe fitters, platers, and pretty much anyone else on the rig that is being represented by a union. Here are some excerpts from their statement. Unite, whose members will take action at companies enjoying record-busting profits, predicts that platforms and offshore installations will be brought to a standstill due to the specialized roles its members undertake. Oil and gas companies have been given free reign to enjoy massive windfall profits in the North Sea. Drilling concessions are effectively licenses to print money. 1,400 offshore workers are now set to take action against these employers who are raking it in but refusing to give them a fair share of the pie. This will create a tsunami of industrial unrest in the offshore sector. The strikes are set to hit various platforms between March 29th and June 7th in a series of 24 48, and 72-hour stoppages. Now here's the thing. Had oil been $100 a barrel for two years, it would have been totally appropriate to request something like this. Unfortunately, the year of high commodity prices is now behind us somehow, and we are looking at the possibility of far lower ones. The only thing that Europe has going for it is its ridiculous natural gas prices, which is likely what these workers are looking to get a piece of. I personally worry that commodities could crater at any moment since they seem to be ignoring market fundamentals. If that happens, oil corporations may do what they have always done, cut costs by cutting the workforce. I really don't think the UK could handle that, as it could very easily send those commodity prices right back up. There's such a fine and precarious balance between commodity price and supply for heating and energy that something this dramatic may not go as well for the unions representing these employees. The hands that work the commodity always deserve fair compensation for getting the work done. That being said, a quick Google at Indeed for jobs in the North Sea turned up a first posting for an offshore mechanical technician. 
requires a few basic certification, and pays over three times what an equivalent day of work, even with the UK's new minimum living wage going into effect in April of this year. I mean, it's it's tough work, it's dirty work, it's hard work, but I don't think these people are being shorted. After all, 90,000 euros a year is pretty damn good pay for someone who finishes high school and can immediately set out for those certifications. Still, all of this comparison to standard work is a moot point because there's one thread tying all of these people together. Inflation. No matter who you are in this world, you're likely feeling the effects and decreased energy availability in turn. Prices are going up much faster than wages are and have been for quite some time. The sad truth is that this is a future in which most of the world did not prepare for. Add collapsing banks to the mix and you don't have the best recipe. Best case scenario, things are wildly expensive. Worst case scenario, we have a period of significant economic restructuring in the United States and therefore the rest of the world utilizing the dollar. Some at Rare Petro believe that this could be the beginning of the rollout of a centralized and controllable federal currency. Forget Dogecoin, we could be receiving our weekly deposits of FedRes coin and USA coin. Again, lots of this is worst case extrapolation. Is it all within the realm of possibility? Yes. Is it guaranteed to happen? Absolutely not, but the world is definitely changing. The best thing you can do is continue to learn and expose yourself to all parts of the industry. This podcast is a great way to get a bunch of your information as we do all the hard work. You just have to subscribe, sit back, and enjoy. We'll be back soon with some more. This has been Tavis Killian with Rare Petro. Until we see you next time, take care, everybody.